Today we'll be joined by Rizwana Hamid, the, the Director of Muslim Council of Britain's Centre for Media Monitoring, also known as CFMM. One of the aims of the CFMM is promoting fair and responsible reporting of Muslims and Islam. I'm Anash. And I'm Luke. And welcome to Reporters and Reported. So, welcome Rizwana. Our first question today, what are the biggest barriers for Muslim people in getting careers in media? I don't know whether there's particularly, you know, any barriers into getting into the media. I would say that if somebody is interested in journalism um, and they're a good journalist, that they can probably get in. But I think what comes before that is that there's a lot of mistrust um, when it comes to the media amongst the Muslim community, predominantly because of the way that they're reported. So I don't think people necessarily feel that there's a home for them in, in the media. Um, and there's a lot of kind of fear of going into a space where they're going to be kind of singled out or exceptionalized and really feel very uncomfortable because of a lot of the reporting that's going around them. But I, there are lots of schemes out there trying to encourage more Muslims to become journalists because it is an important and good profession to, to enter. Um, but I would say that there's been lots of studies that have shown that not just Muslims, but people from kind of deprived background, socioeconomics, you know, that plays a factor in it as well. It's it's kind of a, a privileged profession to go into, but you need to be from a particular kind of economic background to be able to afford the studies or, you know, all of that. So I think there's a number of things, but generally... Uh, I think if you've got the passion for it, there's nothing really stopping you getting there. The problems start once you're there. Mm. Um, and um, in your lecture, you, you talk, talked a bit about uh, Boris Johnson and, and some of the things that um, in his journalistic past that has a massive impact on, um, you know, representations of Muslims. Um, do you think that uh, how are we how are the representations of Muslims in the media being shaped by current politicians generally? Um, and is it a cross party uh, problem? And how should that be corrected? Mm. I mean, I think it is a cross party problem. I think the Conservative Party is probably um, the worst. And, and we've cited lots of cases of Islamophobia within the Conservative Party and nothing has been done about it. So I think that's a problem. I think there needs to be a deep delve into looking at what the issues are. The fact that there's evidence, academic evidence, that says that politicians, along with the media, are fueling hate towards Muslims, that needs to be taken seriously. An inquiry perhaps needs to be be conducted. I think it's a societal thing, so it's not just in the realms of the media or then, you know, the, the kind of political arena. I think generally in society there seems to be a lack of willingness to accept that Islamophobia is a real form of racism alongside other forms of racism and that it needs to be tackled on a societal level and institutional level and that includes within politics and the media. Hmm. Yeah, so moving to behind the camera now, do you think or do you feel the diversity behind the camera is taking similar strides to um, that in front of the camera as well? No, I don't. I think, you know, public's perception, if you look at the kind of faces that are on television now or in front of the camera, you'd go away with the feeling that actually it's a really well-represented industry because you're seeing a lot more, you know, whether they're Muslims, whether they're black people or people from different kind of um, backgrounds. But I would say behind the scenes and specifically when it comes to both technical areas, there isn't enough representation, but then editorially, 
there isn't enough representation on senior levels. And I think that's that's really crucial because that's where the editorial decisions are being made and that's where the influence needs to be more diverse, you know, irrespective of where, where that diversity comes from. But I think, you know, more representation on senior levels and then across the board. So if you look at figures, sometimes it looks like there's lots of people from minorities, but you don't know whether they might be working in the canteen or they might be the kind of, you know, the cleaner or whatever. We need a breakdown of st stats that shows us clearly where people are working, where the gaps are and how those gaps can be filled. Mm. If I follow up for, for that really, as, and I know you've been working the BBC for a long period of time, in your time at the BBC, how much did change in, in the time that you were there with those sorts of things? You know what, I get really frustrated because the things that we're talking about now we were talking about these when I joined in 1988. We kind of set up a black workers group and were trying to tackle things of diversity, both in terms of output as well as recruitment. All the issues that we're talking about today, we were talking about then. And my frustration is why are we still talking? We've got to the point where there's enough evidence. We know what needs to be done and that now needs to take place. And I think post Black Lives Matter, the urgency of this has really increased. And I think, you know, all kind of organisations are recognising that diversity is important. And I think it's got to be diversity, equality and inclusion. But like I said, when I was speaking earlier, it's not just about the numbers. When it comes to the media, it's about output and perspectives within that output. And, and that's what we've got to focus on now. Yeah. Um, in your talk, you you use a lot of case studies from the print media and specifically tabloids. Um, is there a big problem? Uh, is the problem as big in broadcast media than it is in print media? And also, how does the problem potentially differ between the two different mm. news outputs? Print is definitely worse. Print online, um, by far the worst. Uh, when it comes to... It's, it's interesting... A lot of people think I gave more tabloid examples, but I gave a lot of broadsheet examples as well. Mm. But it's more that it's more right-leaning publications, and that could be broadsheet and, and tabloid, that are more problematic. Um, I think broadcast is governed by far more stringent regulations by Ofcom than print is, so Ipso isn't, I think, as robust as it could be. Um, but generally... Print is worse than than broadcast. Hmm. Um, also, we, I mean, we've got a bit more time, so we can talk a bit about your career in general, I guess. Um, how did you get um, into broadcast media in the first place? I know you, you worked at the BBC for a long time. Mm. What was that decision that made you go into that pathway? Yeah, I mean, I started. I started kind of writing and freelancing when I was a journalist, doing my BA, which had nothing to do with journalism. Um, and then I did my masters at City University in international journalism. And after that, I got onto the BBC News Trainee Scheme, in, which in those days was kind of quite a prestigious fast track scheme. Um, and very quickly, I don't know what it was, I fell in love with, with pictures. I just felt like it was the medium that spoke to me most. But also, you know, the kind of stories that you can tell 
in documentaries, I think, impact people more. The visual kind of medium to me is what people relate to. I know sound is really important and I, I love radio, actually. It's, I probably, I wake up to radio, I go to sleep with radio and I listen to radio in between. So I love, love radio. But when it comes to um, telling stories, I like the television as a medium and I like documentaries as, as a medium. Yes, and, and interesting. And as an experienced journalist, what advice would you give people like us who are starting in the industry now? I mean, I think make the most of what you're going to learn on this course, because this is your foundation. So really engage yourself 100% in absolutely everything that's thrown upon you. Secondly, the placements that you will do are really important. Make contacts, you know, your networking is really important. I think really kind of if once you have the tools of journalism you can go into any field and this is where you're going to learn the tools so I think really important build up your kind of contact base wherever you get an opportunity do freelance work just pitch things and try and get things in print or on wherever it is whichever medium you want and build up your portfolio um, and then go for whatever job that's offered to you because you'll learn from it and it'll be a stepping stone and find your niche. See which area you're passionate about and stick to it and believe in yourself, really believe in yourself because it is hard sometimes when you, when you go into it, your first place of employment and you're faced by all these people with years of experience and things, but really, you know, you're starting out, you're coming with something that I don't have. You know, you've got a freshness, you've got a different worldview, you've got different perspectives, you've, you've grown up in a different time. And so you have value and don't devalue yourself and have that, that confidence. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us, Rizwana. Um, it's been great having you here at Cardiff University talking to all of us. Um, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.